And welcome to the Breaking Butterfly podcast, or if you're new here, a very, very special welcome. I'm so, so glad to have you here. This podcast, we talk about all things confidence, a little bit of manifestation, spirituality, personal development, um, and I'm just so, so excited to have you here and joining us, especially for this episode, because I had a very special guest and I, <sighs> yeah. This is a good one. This is, I, this is a good one, especially if you are going through a breakup. You just went through a breakup. You might be going through a breakup soon. You are wanting to break up with someone. And honestly, even if you're not going through a breakup or dealing with the aftermath of a breakup, I think that this podcast still has so many, so many amazing moments and like just golden nuggets of information and perspective shifts and even I, I am personally not going through a breakup right now and fucking Dorothy. So I, so I had a uh, breakup coach Dorothy on the podcast, forgot to say her name, um, breakup coach Dorothy and I'm not personally going through a breakup but even uh, as she was sharing and talking and I was asking her questions, I was having major breakthroughs like major major breakthroughs and it was fucking amazing it was so so good so even if you're not going through a breakup right now or struggling with anything breakup related I think this podcast episode is still really worth the listen I think you will enjoy it so much and get so much out of it and just how to shift your mindset you know in uh, when someone does you wrong, when somebody just hurts you, even just friends or family, you know, we talk a lot about the stories that we create about ourselves in different situations and et cetera, et cetera. And there's so much goodness to be found in this episode. I could have talked to Dorothy for like three more hours. Literally, I had like a hundred more questions to ask her. No, I, I feel like I got them. I got all of the questions and um, this is an amazing episode. So if you are ready to find out how to get over your ex, then keep on listening. All right, girls, I am here with breakup coach Dorothy and I am so excited. We... <sighs> Girls, this was a match made in heaven. I don't know how I found Dorothy. Well, I do. I literally just searched breakup coach and she was the first one that came up, but I went to her page. I listened to her podcast and it was like an angel sent connection where I was like, oh my God, get this girl on my podcast right, right now. So she is here right in front of me on my screen. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> so excited to be here. I'm so pumped. So excited. So first, as always, the uh, first interview question is just to introduce yourself. So give us a, a little rundown of who you are, what you do, where you're located, what you're passionate about, anything that you feel inspired to share with us so we can just get to know you a little better before we hop in. 
Yes, I love it. Um, so I am breakup coach Dorothy. I have been doing this for some time now. So I am an expert in breakups, but I definitely was not always an expert at it. I actually failed miserably multiple times in multiple breakups leading up to this point. Um, a lot of times people like to figure out kind of, I mean, breakup coach isn't something we're used to hearing. I mean, we're getting more and more into that realm of like, we're seeing that there's coaches with different mm -hmm. things that they're focused on. Um, but when I first started, I remember people looking at me like, what in the world is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How did you get into that? So I think I'll start by just kind of talking a little bit about that, but I was in a seven year relationship with the person I thought I was totally going to marry and have my babies with and all the things. Mm -hmm. uh, I met him in undergrad, totally obsessed. He was so handsome. He had like a great family. He was going to dental school. It was so great. And so um, after I went to dental school, he went to, or I'm sorry, I went to grad school. He went to dental school. Uh, we were moving back to Florida, which was the, his hometown, which I was like so down for. Um, and I, we were get we got a house and I was like, so excited. Cause I was 26 at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is us, you know, starting our life. Like we're doing it right. I was so excited. Like, this is it. This is my life mm -hmm. now. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get married. We're going to have babies. We're going to like do this. I'm so excited. And, um, I was traveling back and forth to Chicago at the time. I was a consultant. I did data analytics. And, um, when I was in Chicago working one week, he had broken up with me on the phone and I was super angry and I'm a Taurus. So I don't know if anyone's oh. into astrology or if you're into, <laughs> but I'm a Taurus. So I'm super stubborn. I can be such an asshole. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, if you're going to do, if you're going to break up with me like that, like I'm not going to go get my stuff when you're at the house. So he had his boards exams like a month later. So I found an apartment in Chicago, moved into it with my suitcase, and then decided to go a month later when I knew he wouldn't be at the house and pick up my stuff. Mm. Now, when I got there, he had piled all of my stuff in the front room. And I was like super concerned because the entire month between he was like, well, where are you going to stay when you come pick up your stuff? And I'm like, dude, my fucking house, like, what are you talking about? It was so weird that he was acting so weird. He piled all my stuff in the front room. And then my neighbor came over and was like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, there's been this other girl over at the house every night since you have been broken up with him since you've been gone on this trip. And I'm like, what? So I like freaked <gasps> out. I was so angry and so upset. So like there's the layer of heartbreak, right? Where you're, you're grieving your best friend, the loss, the sadness, the, the, the missing of that person. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's also the loss of the life that you you thought you would have with that individual. And then that day is where it was just like triple compounded with like anger and resentment and betrayal of this like new girl who just like swooped in and took the life that I had worked so hard for the last seven years. So that was like the, what kind of spurred me into self-helpery and all of this stuff because I was so angry. And I, when I say I did everything, 
I'm telling you, Maddie, I did everything. Like I Googled how to get over your ex, how to forgive and let go. And I did everything that it listed. Like I got in the best shape of my life. I started modeling. I traveled. I explored. I stayed busy. I was like, it might take time for me to heal my heart and move forward. And I did all of the things, but a year and a half later, I was still just underneath seething with so much anger and frustration and pain. And from the outside, like, right. It looked like I was doing great. Like everyone's like, you're killing it. You're doing, and I'm like, but I'm still so fucking mad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I was still like making decisions based off of him being like, what, what would get his attention? What would like do something that would make it so that he would come back or do something that would get his attention and whatever. And so at that point I was then in my next relationship, carrying all that baggage into this relationship, all of my insecurity, all of my jealousy was like flooding to the top. And that's when I realized like something not right. Even though I look like I'm doing good from the outside, like I am not, this is, cannot be how we handle heartbreak. I've done it all. This isn't right. There's something wrong. Um, that's when I found the life coach school podcast. Um, she had Brooke Castillo had done an episode on forgiveness and she talked about how forgiveness was actually for me, not for him. And that by not forgiving, I was the only one that was continuing to feel anger and resentment. Mm. I was like, what? And that's when I learned all these big, like epiphanies around like thoughts, create feelings. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure I thought it was him the entire time that was making me feel shitty. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Right. And so like my mind was blown and I, so that's when I went down this like rabbit hole of self-helpery and thought work and beliefs and spirituality. And like, I just learned so much about myself. Um, and so after kind of, I went through that transformation myself and let go of all the anger and resentment and move forward and healed from the inside out, I realized like people aren't supposed to, it's not supposed to be this way. It doesn't have to be heartbreak. Doesn't have to be this terrible detrimental thing in your life. It doesn't have to take time. Time has nothing to do with healing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has everything to do with like deciding and committing to your healing practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of when everything took off and I was like, absolutely. This is what I was put on this earth to do. I am supposed to help heal hearts so that they can go on and help heal the world in their own unique ways. Um, and that's why I'm here. I love all of that so fucking much. So, okay. I love that you just said it's, it's not about time. It's about being dedicated to your healing because I'm sure there's so many girls listening right now that that's like a breath of fresh air. Like, wait, what? I don't have to just sit in this pain and just let time quote unquote heal it. Like, wait, what? Um, that's, it's, uh, something I talk about a lot with confidence, right. Is putting yourself in the waiting room. Like we put ourselves in the waiting room of our life and tell ourselves like, oh, I can't do this until this happens. Or I can't feel this way until that happens. And we do it to ourselves. We put ourselves in this little like waiting room as if you're like at the doctor's office and you're just sitting there waiting for your name to be called. And I love that you say that because we don't have to be in the waiting room, just waiting for it to to brush over one day, we get to be proactive in, in our healing. Um, yes. also I, guys, I am going to be talking, like asking questions as if like, I am going through a breakup as well. Like saying like, 
you know, what should, what should we do? I am not going through a breakup. Me and Henry are doing fine, but I love, (laughs) I love being like in the place of like, if I were going through a breakup. So just so no one starts some, uh, scandal. (laughs) So, so what you're saying is it, it doesn't take time for me to, to heal from my breakup. Also, I love that you said that you were still continuously doing things for this person. Um, like, like even though you're doing the, the cookie cutter mold type of things to heal, because I remember after my worst breakup specifically going to the gym with the pure intention of like, Oh, I'm going to get so hot. He's going to want me back. <laughs> he's going to want me <laughs> yes. back. Yes. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I was, I I was telling that. everyone, I'm like, no, I'm just like working on myself, like for myself. And it feels really good. I'm like, no, I'm working on myself. So maybe that he will notice. So yes, a hundred percent. And that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you just shared that story. Cause I always ask that too. I'm like, why breakup coach? And it's usually because, you know, people, when they go into coaching and they dedicate their whole life to serving others in a very specific area, it's usually because they struggled through it themselves. So I appreciate to sharing such a like vulnerable story from your life and, um, like how you got into the work you do, because it's, uh, it's really inspiring too. So, uh, one other question, question I wanted to ask about your work is what, what is your favorite part about the work you do now? So you got, through your breakup, you found the life coach school, you, I'm assuming started coaching. Um, and then what did the journey look like after that? And what does it look like for you right now? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, to answer your first question about what do I about my work now, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is that it's not just about your breakup. So for me, one of the hardest parts about my breakup was the idea that it was like the whole life that I had planned. Like I was, I felt like the life that I had planned with him that I was so excited about was just taken out of my hands and I was completely out of control. I didn't get a say in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for me now, that's the favorite part. Like my favorite part about my job is not only do my clients get over their ex in like a record speed, but mm-hmm. then they also get to the place where they're like, Oh snap, I can actually go out and create the life that I wanted with him on my own. And then they go out and they do that. And they've built a life so much better than the one they had with their ex that number one, they don't desire their ex. And then number two, if someone else comes in and joins their, like, um, their life, it's just the cherry on top of an already amazing ass Sunday. And if that cherry rolls off the Sunday, they're like totally fine. And to me, that's like my favorite part about my job is I'm setting each of the clients that I work with up for success for the rest of their life. It's not just about getting over their ex. And so that to me means the world. Um, And then secondly, when it comes to like the journey is I found the life coach school, got my certification, started coaching. Um, I did one-on-one coaching up until like... I want to say April of 2019. So I did, oh my gosh, girl. I mean, I'm sure you go through this too, but like so much coaching, it's so fun and just so yeah. fulfilling. Yeah. Um, and so I did a number of like, I started out doing like free consults and like you would get on a free consultation call with me and we would like see if it was a good fit. Um, and then I work with my clients for three months. My signature program is get over your ex in three months or less. Mm-hmm. And so after I started doing that one-on-one, 
I, I remember there was a turning point. It was when COVID hit. So when COVID hit, I decided to provide all of my one-on-one clients. I had like 20 to 25 at the time. I decided to provide like a group call for them. So I started doing group calls periodically to have them all on one call and get coached like one at a time, but I wouldn't get to all of them, but I would coach one at a time and then on different things. And it was so eye-opening to me, the healing that happened in the group setting. It was mind blowing. And after that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, my program, the Get Over Your Ex program needs to be in the group format. Mm -hmm. Um, So I changed it over to the group format. So now that when people are in there, it's like, a pseudo support group, but also coaching. So it's productive. And then, um, it's all in one. And so like they build these lasting friendships, they get perspectives that they wouldn't get when it's just my, myself and that individual, they, um, learn from one another and all of them are coming from different backgrounds, right? Some of them left the relationship. Some of them got left. Some of them were going through divorce. Some have family, some don't, some have kids, some don't like, it's such an amazing, diverse situation that they get so many different perspectives. It's so much more impactful in that way. So that kind of led me to where I am currently. Amazing. Amazing. And you just launched that program that you're speaking about again, Mm -hmm. uh, today as we're recording, uh, but I will release this on Monday. So if you're listening to this, when we release this on Monday, um, it doors have been open for a couple of days and Dorothy will share more about that at the, at the end of the episode and how you can get in and everything like that. But I am right there with you with the group coaching. I'm about to launch next Tuesday, actually my group coaching too. Yes, girl. And once I started doing group, you're so right. The, the perspectives and the, the energy is so, so different. And I, same girl, I have so many one-on-one clients and I am slowly like my intention for 2021 is groups groups, 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 and still some one-on-one options, but all groups. So I love, I love hearing that. And I love hearing your favorite part about, uh, the work you do as well is it's, yeah, it's not just about the ex. It's about the life that you live after your ex. Mm -hmm. So good. I love that. Thank you so much for that. So diving, diving right in then for, uh, what, what we're really here for, what are we really here for? (laughs) on this podcast. And I'm just going to ask the loaded question that we're all here for. How the fuck do we get over our ex? How how the fuck do I get over my ex? I am heartbroken. I am distraught. He was the one. He was the one. Mm -hmm. How the fuck do I get over him? Uh, So good. (laughs) So I've simplified this down to three steps actually. And I can talk, I'll talk a little bit more in depth into each one of them, but I'll keep it fairly light. And of course, if you want more, you can get more, but I have like 30 follow-up questions. Like (laughs) give me the, give us the simple steps. And then I literally have notes full of just like scroll, (laughs) scroll, 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 scroll. Amazing. Uh, So let's dive in. So the first step to getting over your ex is you have to feel your feelings, which I know is like a very broad stroke thing that you all probably hear, especially if like you're into Maddie's pot is like very much feel your feelings, but there is the loss. There is the grief. There is the sadness. You have to learn how to go through it instead of avoiding it or resisting it or distracting from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to learn how to feel those feelings. The second thing you have to do is you have to create closure. 
Now that what, what that looks like in my realm when I'm working with clients is you have to rewrite your breakup story. You have to rewrite the past in a way that serves you. This is similar to at least the podcast that I heard that you did, Maddie, that I loved. Mm -hmm. It's similar to what you talk about when it's like perspective shifts. It's like shifting that perspective is you have to create closure on your own, regardless of what your ex did or didn't do, regardless of the open-ended questions that you might have. Like you get to create that story no matter what is happening. And there's oftentimes multiple truths happening and you're only fixated on the truths that keep you stuck versus the truths that would help you move forward. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is that you have to focus focus on your future. So instead of focusing on the past and what once was, it's recognizing that no matter what happened, that doesn't dictate what you create in your future. So if you can get excited about your future, you're going to go out and create that. So three steps, simple, feel your feelings, create closure and focus on your future. And ultimately throughout that entire process, you're doing two things. You're reducing the desire for your ex and you're learning how to feel the discomfort that you're avoiding when it comes to your heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And the example that I like to give around that is ice cream. So I used to have this like obsession with ice cream and like having ice cream after dinner. And I have this story about ice cream that was like, oh my gosh, it, it's so good. It's delicious. It's creamy. The caramel chunks with the chocolate. It's so great. I love it so much. And when I had that story, have a very strong desire for the ice cream. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn how to change that story to reduce the desire. So when I changed the story from, oh my gosh, this is amazing, gooey, chocolatey, caramel thing, it's actually ice cream is simply milk and sugar. Mm -hmm. And when the story is ice cream is just milk and sugar, I no longer have the strong desire for the ice cream. So that's a simple like example of reducing your desire. And you can do that with your ex so much so to the point where you no longer desire your ex in the way that you do. And people do it automatically, right? Like when you think about exes from previous, you no longer have the desire, not because they changed, but because your thoughts about them have changed. And it's learning how to do that at an, like an awareness level. Mm. That was a perfect little golden piece they didn't change. Your thoughts about them changed. Yes, 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 yes. Actually, the one thing that you said when I listened to your podcast that I was like, get this girl on my podcast like right now is when you you said something like, um, you're not over, over your ex or you're having a bad breakup, not because of the breakup, but because of the story you're telling yourself about the breakup. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Um, because it's so true. And it's so true with everything. Like the stories that we tell ourselves and the perspectives, you know, even, even with our confidence, like relating that to confidence, your confidence is just what you are perceiving about yourself. What do you think that you can do? Not what can you do? What do you think you can do? How amazing do you think you are? Not, mm -hmm. not how amazing are you? Not amazing how amazing that boy was. It's how amazing you are making him up to be. You almost put him on a pedestal, I feel like. Yeah. Well, you've created an amazing story about him. You're like, oh my yeah. gosh, he's so great. He's my everything. He's my best friend. He's the one. But yeah. what also is true is the one is going to want to be with you. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> so 
I like to get a little harsh on my podcast sometimes. <laughs> I like I like to tell my girls things that they don't want to hear because no one else is going to tell them. So what would you say to the girl, though, that is listening to this? She's listening. She's like, okay, Dorothy, thank you for your three-step process. But like, he he really is the one. He is like better than anyone will ever treat me ever. And uh, like... um pretty much, pretty much saying, you know, the, the story is true. The story is true. What, what would you say? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I know when I was going through my breakup, there was no one that could tell me otherwise that he was not the one, like it, it didn't matter. It was for sure. No one would change my mind. Like, can you, can you crush yeah, her in- a little bit? <laughs> can you crush her? So in that situation, I think it's interesting too, because, um, even if it was true, what do you want to do about it? Mm-hmm. If he truly was the one and he mm-hmm. was everything and he was supposed to be with you, if that is true and he's not with you, what do you want to do about it? What do you want to do in the meantime? <laughs> like, yeah. You can either constantly be wrapped up in that and obsessing and thinking about that person and stalking that person, but what do you want to do in the meantime? Like, what do you want to do about it? It reminds me of like, um, just learning to accept reality for what it is, right? We might not agree with what reality is, but we have to learn how to accept it and still function. Like, I don't want to spend my life mired in pain over something I can't control. And ultimately when it comes to situations like that, if it's like, I, do you want to be with someone who wants to be with you? Because ultimately you could create a relationship between yourself and another person and they never even know about it. Like a relationship is all up in your brain. It's all the thoughts that you have about that person. So you could be like, yeah, I'm dating this person. We never talk. Yeah. Oh <laughs> you yeah. Could I've done do that. that. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely done that. Right. Previous times. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you could do that, but is that the kind of relationship you truly want? And I'm guessing it's probably not, but I kudos to you if it is, it's totally fine, but I'm guessing it's not. And so at that point, I really think that it's like, if that is necessarily true, we have to see that as neutral. And I talk about like in my podcast, I I talk a lot about, we're not just like pasting a positive sticky note over a negative situation Mm -hmm. and very much about finding the neutrality in your breakup, finding the neutrality in what's happened Mm -hmm. and then deciding what you want to make it mean. Mm -hmm. So if he was the one, and then you guys are no longer together what do you want to make that mean to still have an epic life moving forward, regardless of whether or not he comes back? Mm-hmm. So can you give us an example of like a positive story we could create about that? Like he was the one, we had this perfect relationship. Um, you know, we just, we split up because we're fighting too much or it's just like not a good time for us to be together. Um, what story could we create around that in our mind to, to move forward and to, have a positive future. Yeah, no, I think one of the things that I think of in that situation is like, well, clearly there's a lesson to be learned, Yeah, (laughs) which sounds so cliche. And I know that, but like truthfully, clearly there's a lesson to be learned. And is there something that you're missing in the relationship that you have with yourself to move forward? And I think also, if you do want your ex to come back, you want to know what you also, you said this in your podcast, I think, with the video game thing where you're like, you said, you know, what isn't attractive is you like being needy and graspy and wanting to hang out. But what 
is attractive is you living into your feminine and like doing you and being successful and all that stuff. If you truly think that this guy is the one and you truly want him back, the most, like the best thing that you can do for yourself is learn to love your life and be super fucking bomb for yourself. Mm -hmm. That is attractive. (laughs) That is attractive. And that's when you get to the point where you're like, I'm good either way. Cause now I've realized I really like my life regardless of who's in it. Yeah. And then it really does make the relationship better too, because there's less toxicity. There's less neediness. There's just uh, also when I feel like both parties have found themselves and they love their lives. Then when, when you come together, you almost love things together more. That's so fucking cheesy. I know, but I feel like true though, you come together and, and life is just sweeter because you're both vibrating at such higher frequencies rather than being at low frequencies and only being like medium high when you're together and then your frequency dropping every time you're apart. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's also like learning to love unconditionally. Like when you can learn how to love yourself unconditionally, you have the ability to love another person unconditionally Mm -hmm. and you drop all the expectations, right? So you ultimately you learn how to love based off of your thinking versus receiving it from someone else. Mm -hmm. And therefore it's easier for you to show up in love in your relationship. Mm, I love that. 100% unconditional love, unconditional love. (laughs) So good. Um, so, okay. Feel our feelings, create closure in like with ourselves and then look to the future. So, uh, what's, what's my next question? Where do I want to head? Cause I have like a billion. So one of, one of my questions that I did write down was, do we need closure like with that person to move on? Because I think a lot of people, and I know that I did, I, I felt like I needed this closure. I think it was just because I wanted to see him again and try and like get him back somehow. But I kept trying to like text him. I'm like, no, we, we need to have one last conversation. We need to have, you know, this like some, some type of closure. A lot of people are looking for closure, but with the other person, do you think that that is necessary to have closure with that person? Or do you think it could end super badly and you could still find that closure within yourself? Yeah. So I think that, um, to answer your question simply is no, you don't need closure with another person. Mm -hmm. Um, you have closure, closure within yourself. Um, and the way that I like to talk about this is I, I feel like people think that closure comes from answering all these like unended questions or like these unanswered questions. Um, And they're like, oh my gosh, I need these answers. Like, why did you do this? Or why did you show up? Or like, why did you say you loved me and you wanted to be with me forever, but then drop me like a bad habit? Like, (laughs) what are all the answers to these questions? And in those moments, you are literally just giving the power to that other person versus you have all of those answers within yourself. You have all of the answers. And I, I think a lot of times too, we're not even listening to the answers that we already have. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the ex gives those answers and then you're not taking them at face value. You're like Mm -hmm. trying to like read into it or make it different or manipulate it. And it's like, no dude, listen to the answers that this individual gave you. Yeah. (laughs) That's the answer. And sometimes I'm, well, not sometimes, a lot of times I have my clients just answer those questions for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. 
answering a question is simply a decision. You just decide the story that serves you. So if your question is, why did you say this one thing and then do the other? Mm -hmm. My answer to that would be like, oh, because he's human, because he believes it in the moment and then he changes his mind Mm -hmm. or he lied and said this even when he didn't want want to. to Yeah. Yeah, Because he's scared of confrontation. That's also true. Like, Mm -hmm. and then whatever one helps me feel understanding or compassion or content, that's the decision that I go with. That's the answer I go with. That's the story that I decide. And then I never like negotiate it. I'm like, oh yeah, I decided this story. This is the story I'm going with because it serves me moving forward. Because when I feel content, when I feel understanding, I show up as my best self versus when I feel confused or helpless or powerless, I don't show up as my best self. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's almost like, what will those answers even do? You know, even when you have your clients answer those questions, you know, on a coaching call mm-hmm. and they answer them, it's like, okay, what, what is actually getting that answer do for you? Does it make you feel any different? I think a lot of times, uh, you know, going back to step number one, we don't want to feel the feelings. So we're looking for an out. We're like, how can I not feel these feelings? Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone that you know, is looking for the answers that, that they're, uh, they're trying to find answers to make them feel better about the situation. Cause they don't want to feel those icky feelings. Um, how, how would you recommend they go about feeling those feelings or, or is it just going to feel icky? And, and that's that. I think the biggest, there's two things that come to mind when you ask that question. Yeah. The first one is that feelings are experiences to be had, not problems to be solved. And I, yeah. So I think, I think that as humans, we go into it because we've been primed and we've been advertised that we're just supposed to feel comfortable all of the time, that we should feel good all of the time. And think about all the advertisements you get to be like, oh, here's to feel better. Here's how you can feel better. Take this, do this, do that. And it's like, what if you just learned how to feel uncomfortable? Like, Mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. Like life is 50% positive, 50% negative. We're going to experience both of, both of those ends of the spectrum because we're supposed to, we're humans. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the second thing is I think that as humans, we're scared to feel the emotions because we think they're going to last forever. Uh, we're afraid that it's going to make it worse after we feel the emotion versus, oh, we can actually feel an emotion and then we release it and then it's gone. An emotion only lasts 30 seconds. It's the thoughts that we hold on to that create the emotion to last longer. So it's like when we can allow ourselves to move through the emotion and that can look like simply just crying. (laughs) It can look like just sitting at your desk feeling really uncomfortable. Um, It can look like jogging because you just need to get like the energy out of your body. Um, Whatever feeling and emotion looks like for you, just allow yourself to feel it without resisting to it or without reacting to it. Um, But I guess those are the two things that came up when you asked that. Yeah, no, so good. And one thing that's coming up for me too is like speaking of stories and the stories that we create about people, events, things. I think we also create stories 
about our feelings. So we're thinking thoughts of like, oh, heartbreak is like the worst thing ever. Like, please God, like make it stop. And even from like our friends and media movies, right? We see people go through heartbreak. We hear heartbreak songs and we're almost taught that like we're almost shown And this is with a lot of different emotions. We are shown how we should feel in different situations. And we have been shown that in heartbreak, it's like the the storms coming down. We're like in the rain, we're like bawling our eyes out, which is a real thing. That's still um, a good emotion to be had. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that we uh, exaggerate it a little bit because we hear that break, like breakups are supposed to be so horrible. So then we make it to be that way. Um, yes. And I'm so glad you brought this up because this is literally, do you remember at so the beginning of this call, we were chit-chatting and I was like, oh my gosh, uh, I feel like Maddie really inspired me to be a bit more vulnerable on my podcast. I've been having this story that I haven't shared recently. Like I, I share a lot of stuff on my podcast, but my most recent breakup is not something that I've spoken about yet. And I was inspired by her. And I was like, literally today after our call, I'm sitting down to write this episode and it's this it has to do with this because I just recently went through a breakup and it was nothing like what that, what you just described. It was nothing like the experience that I had before. Yeah. It was very peaceful. It was very calm. I went through a brief like sorrow and loss and a little bit of grief, but it was nothing like what breakup looks like in the movies and heartbreak looks like in the movies. And I've been very hesitant to share it because all of the reasons and all of the feelings that I'll have to feel if people don't like me for sharing it. And so it's just so fascinating because absolutely like I, and that that's what I'm doing though. That's why I'm here. This is what I like. This is what I preach is heartbreak doesn't have to be so terrible and we don't have to handle it in the way that it's been handled. And so when I think about my business, when I think about the legacy that I want to leave here on this earth for this human iteration, it's like, I'm building a movement. That is what my brave hearts are about. Like we do it different. It's going to be different. We're not going to just take time to heal our heart. We're going to like really heal from the inside out. We're not going to drag our patterns back into another relationship, whether that's with your ex or with someone new. Yeah. Um, and I'm building like a movement of doing heartbreak differently. And so I finally realized through listening your, one of your episodes, I was like, oh damn, I can share this because it does align with the movement that I'm building. So I thought that's funny. You bring that up here. (laughs) Babe, it is your duty to share that because like I just said, there's so many examples of this like horrific breakup. And, and I think also that makes relationships toxic too, because we're so terrified to go through the breakup. We're like holding on to something that's not serving us when we should be just letting it go. And to give people an example of, Hey, this is how my breakup was. And yours can be like this too. And it was nothing. It wasn't bad. It was peaceful. Like, Oh my God, that is the kind of example. And I have to give you so much props for like, um, the movement that you have created and are growing because I think that this world needs that more than we talk about. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I would say that relationships are one of the number one things uh, that breaks down confidence Mm -hmm. that completely diminishes confidence 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
okay. So we, how, how do we get over next? Okay. We feel our feelings. We create the closure within ourselves. Girls, you don't need to get closure with that person. Um, and then we look towards the future, right? You know, fuck the future with them. We can build a future with us Sunday. They're just the cherry on the top. Cherries on top. Aren't even that good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're good. They're, they're tasty. Um, but, but now let's get a little bit, a little bit deeper. So, um, I'm sure it's the same process, right. For, for every single breakup, but I'm sure it looks a little bit different for different breakups. Right. Because some are just like, Hey, it didn't work out. We're fighting a lot, or you're just not aligning with me and my goals, whatever. But then there's a breakup where, um, you know, very similar to yours, uh, you get cheated on, right. This person had your full trust you, you know, with, with one of my relationships, I'm like this, this guy would never cheat on me ever. Ever. He, was, he would never talk to another girl. I was confident in that statement. Uh, and I think a lot of girls are right. You are in a relationship, your full trust is in them and they completely go behind your back. They cheat on you. They're messaging other girls. Um, and again, I'm, I'm sure it's the same process, right? Feel closure future, but how do we actually heal from that when you know, like how do, how do we put our full trust in someone again? That's so hard for me to wrap my head around. Cause it's like, well, I trusted this person with my whole heart and they proved, proved everything wrong. Mm-hmm. How do so I know this is going to happen again? Yeah. Two things that I want to say about that. So the first thing is you have to find neutrality around cheating. This is like insane and like mind blowing and people might, might want to like slap me on the face right now, but already I'm like neutrality. Like, yeah, you're like, what? Um, so I genuinely believe that cheating, I'm going to say this softly and you guys can't hang up on the episode. You have to listen, hear me out for just a second. Yeah, no, we love it. We love it so much. Cheating is neutral. It is a circumstance that happens. It doesn't mean that we have to agree with it. It doesn't mean that we're like condoning it. But if we can learn to see cheating as a neutral circumstance, we then have the ability to write and reframe the story around it. And the best way that I like to find neutrality in cheating is recognizing that when someone else cheats on you, it has everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. So my whole process and what I teach my clients is that your thoughts create feelings. Then those feelings generate actions. Now, when that is true, when, when that is your truth and you're living in, in that being your truth, you can recognize that your partner cheated because he had a feeling and he or she, I'm using the pronoun he, she, but this applies to all genders, all sexual orientations, but let's say he cheated he took that action because he felt a feeling and he felt that feeling because of the thoughts that he was having, which have nothing to do with you. So for example, I was dating a guy at one point and I found out that he was on Tinder. So I asked him, you know, what's going on with this? (laughs) Why are you on Tinder? Tell me what's happening. I like, we're in a relationship. I'm very much against cheating. And you know this. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, well, I've been feeling really unloved because I just thought like, you don't love me anymore. You're not giving me any more attention, this, that, and the other. So notice it wasn't how I was showing up that was creating the unloved feeling. It's his thought. She doesn't love me, which made him feel unloved. And his, how he showed up and the actions he took when he felt unloved were to reach out to other people. Mm -hmm. Do I agree with that? 
Fuck no. Am I okay with that? Absolutely not. Did I leave the relationship? Yes. Do I condone cheating? No. Do I want to be in a relationship with someone who cheats? Absolutely not. But when I can see it as, oh, this had everything to do with his thinking and nothing to do with who I was as a person, I can just understand it. And when I understand it, I find neutrality in it. And I just say, hey, that that had nothing to do with me. I love him. I think he's a great human, but that's not the type of relationship I want. And I move forward. Mic drop. Fucking genius. That even for me just brought a whole new perspective on it. A whole new perspective. Because obviously, you know, as a mindset coach, I know that our thoughts create feelings. You can't have a feeling without a thought. And it, you know, I always say that too, has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them, but I would have never applied all of that to, to cheating, uh, because it's just, I think it's so hard to understand sometimes like when you're in it, right. It's so, so hard to understand when you're in it, you can't, it's so hard. And when you're in it, I mean, that's why coaching is so important. That's why mental like this up, like upheaval, oops, this upheaval of mental health is so important because when you're in it, you cannot see that, especially when you're in the midst of all the the feelings, right? That's why you have to feel the feelings first, Mm -hmm. create the closure second, because you're going to have to feel the betrayal. You're going to have to feel the anger, the resentment, all of that. You're going to have to feel that before you can calm down. It's almost like if you are strand, like it, say you woke up on a raft in the middle of the ocean, mm-hmm. you have to feel your feelings about where you are. You're assessing what you have. Is there any damage to my like body is what do yeah. I, what resources do I have before I start creating closure and move it? Like, how am I going to get home? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one way I always explain it too. I don't know if this really applies here, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's like coming through to me is like with manifestation, it's kind of like a GPS, right? And you need the location of where you want to go, but you can't get the directions to where you want to go if you don't first put in your current location or else, you know, you could be in Egypt trying to get to America instead of California, just trying to get to Utah. You need to put where you are, see where you are, then decide where you want to go. And then the universe can give you the, the steps to move there. Yes, exactly. I love that. That's perfect. And then the second part of your question there is trust. And I do want to talk about that. Is that okay if we dive into that for just a second? Please, please, please. Um, So when it comes to trust, I have, I've really outlined trust in three layers. Mm -hmm. So the way that I see it is if we can trust in a higher power, so that doesn't have to necessarily be a religion. I'm not telling you like, go get a religion. Yeah. I'm like something spiritual, like a higher power. I believe in the universe and I'm all about souls and like journey Most of souls. Of my and- girls are totally on the same page with that. So. Yes. Right. So when you have a belief in a higher power, you have, you can trust that you trust the universe to have your back, right? You trust that the universe has a bigger plan that all of it's happening for you and not to you. That doesn't mean that we live every single day in like complete alignment of trust. And we're not pissed off when something big happens, but you have the underlying like wave of trust that the universe is going to catch you no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. Then once you have, you've built that really like strong trust with the higher power, you build the trust within yourself. So you start trusting yourself. And when you do that, it's all about 
you know, trusting that you're always going to pick yourself back up, that trusting yourself, that you're always going to have your own back, trusting that you're always making the best decision in that point of time that you possibly can trusting yourself that you're going to be there for you, no matter what happens. Now, when you have those two layers of trust and you have the trust from the higher power and trust in yourself, it is so much easier to trust other people because all you have to do is trust that they're going to show up as the humans that they're supposed to be. Humans are humans. They do crazy ass shit. And that doesn't mean that you won't get what you want. They get to do whatever they want. You get to have trust that they're going to show up as a human being, but you trust that the higher power and that you are going to create anything and everything you've ever wanted, regardless of what all the other humans decide to do. You're blowing my mind right now. You're (laughs) blowing my mind. So, okay. Perspective shift. So it's not about, I mean, I, I still trust my partner, but it's such a like, more peaceful trust when you have that underlying trust within yourself and that everything's happening for your greater good, because then even say that person does break your trust. Well, you have that trust within yourself that you're going to be fine when you don't have that trust within yourself that you're going to be fine and you're going to pick yourself back up and your life's still going to be amazing no matter what. Then there's so much like intense trust in this person because Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't, you don't trust yourself to create an amazing life. You're depending on that person Yes. Already toxicity is seeping into that relationship because there's that dependency. Oh my God. I hope you guys are like as mind blown as I am right now. Uh, And and would you say that just takes some practice, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for someone that is, um, you know, one of my girls, I like asked a bunch of them for questions and I got so many amazing questions just about, you know, uh, breakups and relationships. And, and one of them was, you know, how do you, how, how do you heal from, from trauma so that you don't bring it into a new, new relationship, you know, when you're really, really treated badly. Um, and, and would you say it just kind of takes that, that practice and just committing to trust or what would like the first step be to getting those two layers that we Mm want to get? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a combination. So I think the first thing is recognizing that absolutely practice, like you're totally correct in that practice. Um, I also think there's a component of having a coach, right? Like having an outside perspective of like, they're going to see, they're going to see obstacles better than you can. Just like we were talking about how, um, when you're in it, you can't see it. Yeah. That, that is what a coach is for. Like that is, and they can see it so much more clearly than you can just think about any perspective shift. Like I have a colleague who was talking about how she, the other day she was, she has this box that her computer is sitting on. And she was like, Oh, when I stand up, I need a second box so that I can like lift it up. So I'm not like looking down at the computer, but when I'm sitting down, it's good. And then her boyfriend walked in and was like, well, why don't you just turn it on your side, turn it on its side. <laughs> But she was so in it, she couldn't like think of that, right? It's like a very simple example, but absolutely. So like, it's like practice having your coach. And then I also think there's a layer of um, like commitment and compelling reason is what I like to call it, where it's like being committed and dedicated to becoming that future version of yourself, like just deciding like it's a done deal. Like whatever I want in my life, it's going to be a done deal. Like if I want a Range Rover, it's going to be a done deal. Something for myself is... I have this idea that I'm going to, I'm going to be a mom 
and I'm going to have a baby girl. I already have her name. It's going to be Marilyn Pearl. I'm obsessed with it. And I just like have this calm confidence, this like certain knowing that it's going to happen for me. And I'm just committed to making that happen for me, regardless of what, what other circumstances happen in my life. Maybe I do it on my own. Maybe I do it with someone and then divorce and have a different life. I don't know. I don't care. I just know that I'm committed to that. And then the compelling reason part about that, I'm giving you like way more things than you asked for. (laughs) That's exactly what I want. If it just starts, if you start rambling about something random, that's exactly what's perfect. Love it. So then the compelling reason is also really important. You have to have Like you have to see why it's important. You have to see why getting over your ex is important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like you can do that by looking at two things. You can look at what your life looks like when you're not over your ex, how Mm -hmm. miserable it is, how you're constantly obsessing, doing crazy shit that you wish you weren't doing, like stalking the social media or stalking his new girlfriend or like whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Noticing and recognizing that is a huge pain point in your life. And then secondly, looking at what your life looks like when you are over your ex, when you're over your ex, like it's amazing. You're free. You're doing your thing. You're certain and confident in yourself. You're like exploding into this beautiful ass life. Like it's literally like coming out of the cocoon, the big butterfly, just flying and doing her thing, feeling amazing. And so it's like, when you have the compelling reason, it helps you get up and do the things you need to do to be committed to that healing and committed to learning how to trust. And it reminds me of like someone who runs a marathon. Like if they're not committed to their reasons why they're doing the marathon, they're not going to wake up at 5 a.m. and run 10 miles in 32 degree weather. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for that. So good. Uh, and, and obviously this is just a big part of coaching in general, right? Like when you get a client, you always help them find the why, mm-hmm. like why yeah. every time they hop on a call, I'm like, why are you here? Why yes. did, why did you sign with me? Um, and one thing I talk about with my clients a lot is like this, this compelling reason. Do you actually think that it's possible for you? Because if you don't, that's also not going to get you out of bed in the morning working on your goals. So I think a big part of this too, is just like believing that you can have a better life without them. Because I think that story is told of like, yeah, my life can be great, but it won't be as good as it would with this person. We've like kind of touched on that, but I'm just realizing now a big part of it is just, um, believing that you can have the happiest life because think about it. I'm like talking to myself. Think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you knew that your life would be better without this person, like if you knew that you would be happier without this person, then of course you'd be committed to your healing. Of course you wouldn't be stuck on them anymore because you know the the gold is this way, not that way. Yes. Ugh. And here's the thing too about that is people don't want to believe that, well, there's a number of reasons why they don't want to believe that. But one that I see very often is they don't, they feel like they don't have evidence for it. They don't have evidence that their life was better without that individual in their life. And an example of this that I want to give you is, do you plan for tomorrow? Like, do you make plans for tomorrow? Do you make plans for next weekend? Do you make plans for a year from now? Yes, most people do, but you have no evidence that you will be alive tomorrow, that you will be alive next weekend or that you will be alive a year from now. We are just believing in it 
because it's better for us to believe that we're going to be alive. Can you imagine believing that you're not going to be alive tomorrow and trying to plan your life? Like that would be really shitty. (laughs) Right. So it's like, why wouldn't you just choose to believe that your life's going to be better because then you don't have to live in like a shitty reality. And then second, right. And then secondly, we believe in things that we don't have evidence for all the time. Like think about Santa Claus. Like we believed in Santa Claus and didn't know that he was real until we didn't know. And then think about how many times people tell you something and you take it and you believe it. And then you find out it was fake news. Like, like, yeah, we believe and have this hope that our ex is going to come back. We don't know that, but we hold on to it like crazy. What if we believed onto the hope that he's not going to, and our life's going to fucking change forever. And it's going to be amazing. Yes, exactly. Wow. 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 So good. So good. Okay. Oh, I have so many more questions. Okay. <laughs> um, 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 how do you heal from somebody? Okay. This is going to be like, I know I give the worst, most confusing questions. I have like three questions in one, but how do we heal if say we have um, the same friends as this person. We listen to the same music. Like a lot of my girls, like most of my girls were all in the rave community, right? We're like big into EDM music. A lot of the things I see with my personal friends is they, you know, we share these amazing memories at festivals to the same songs. They have the same favorite artist and then they break up and they like, can't even listen to their favorite artist because, um, I guess my question, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do we combat the good memories when we break up with this person, because we still want to have those good memories and, but we don't want to like, keep thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Sorry if that question isn't clear. No, no, I love it. I think there are two things that I want to touch on from that question. So the first thing is keep the good memories. Like there's nothing wrong with having good memories. Like I have so many amazing memories with my ex that I talked to you about with all my exes. I have great memories with all my exes and I choose to remember those, but I don't omit the memories as to why I'm no longer with that human. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So we like, like to get in this realm of like all or nothing thinking. And so if we go down the path of good memories, we're like, oh, well, we should be with this person. But you have to constantly come back to and remind yourself, like, I love these memories. He was awesome. This was so good. This was amazing. But I'm also not with him because he didn't want to be with me. And I definitely want to be with someone who's all fucking about me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It could be as simple as that, or it could be as simple as like, oh my gosh, these were great memories. He's so awesome. I love this about him, but I also knew that I didn't want to be in this style of relationship or I didn't want X, Y, and Z. Right. So my most recent relationship, it was like, he's an amazing guy, like so awesome. So cool. Love everything about him. But there were some like things that I feel like were just deal breakers for me that I was like, I just I can't, I don't want to get over that. I, I know that I want something different from my romantic relationship. Um, and so it's just recognizing that and making sure that you don't just tell yourself the good parts of this story, like tell yourself the whole story, like, especially in the beginning as, as time, like, as you've done your healing and as you've like really created closure, you get to the place where you no longer desire him. So you can remember the good memories and still be like, oh yeah, but I don't, I'm not like interested in like being in a relationship with him. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. One of my favorite mentors, she was always like, you know, your, your relationship on like a different timeline still lives on. It's still a happy ending. It doesn't have to like crush all of the good memories Mm -hmm. Uh, and you don't have to create stories around. Yeah. I had these amazing memories, so I need to be with this person. Mm -hmm. Like the, I think it's on, do you watch how I met your mother at all? I, I love that. I haven't watched it in forever, but yes, I used to watch that show. Yeah. I, I, I'm 99% sure it's from that show. Cause I don't watch any other show, but they talk about like the graduation goggles where like, you know, you graduate from like high school or college. And then you look back and you're like, Oh, that was so fun. That was like the best time of my life, but it wasn't, you're just seeing the, the good parts. You yes. have graduation goggles on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly it. A hundred percent. And that, and the second part to that question, I just remembered and I don't want to skip over is like yeah. the whole friend group. That's like a for real thing, right? Where you guys all share friends. Yeah. And I have like, there's so many different ways to handle that. And it's very, it's very much based on your preference. So if you're someone who doesn't want to be around your ex immediately after the breakup, Mm -hmm. um, I highly recommend I'm like, I have mixed feelings about it because you don't have to do any of these different options. It just makes your life easier. Just like I talk about no contact and a lot of people are like, just go no contact. And I'm like, that's just so not practical for a lot of individuals who might have co-parenting things or they work together or this, that, and the other. And I'm like, you do not have to go no contact to get over your ex. It's, um, and that reminds me of like the ice cream example, right? Like it's going to make your life easier because the ice cream's not going to be in the freezer. You just leave it at the grocery store. Yeah but it doesn't keep me from going to the grocery store if I really wanted to. Um, So it's like similar thing there is like learning your preference and what are your, what are your boundaries and what are your preferences? And then of course you can always do reframing around how you think about being around your ex or how you think about your friends when your friends are hanging around, like hang out with your ex. I, for a long time, I still, I, my family, uses not my whole family, but some of my family members use my ex as their dentist still. And (laughs) so I've done, I've done a lot of work around like my thoughts and the story that I tell myself when they did that. And I was like, wait, what you're doing? What? And that was when I was still not over my ex. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so so funny. And that was, that was actually going to be my next question is diving into um, you know, what do we do if our ex is still texting us? Like, do we, should we go cold Turkey? Should we completely block them on everything? Um, cause I know one of the struggles I hear a lot, uh, just in my community and, you know, obviously I experienced was checking the social medias, right? Who did he follow? Did he follow any new girls? Who is this bitch that's liking his photos and <laughs> hardizing on his photos? So what do you usually advise to your clients? Is it, um, you know, different in every situation or, or what do you advise around? Can we I still mean, talk? Can we still text everyone's while? Like, I don't know. So here's my thing around that is like, you know, when you're doing it for the wrong reasons, like, mm. you know, like, don't tell me you don't know, boo. Like you 
know when you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So when you're doing it for the wrong reasons, um, I teach my clients uh, about urges and what an urge is, it's like a strong desire for something. And it's super uncomfortable. We've all been there. We've all had urges in our life. Um, and I give you, uh, I give my clients multiple different ways to handle urges, but ultimately you want to learn how to allow that strong desire to be there and not react to it immediately, not, um, text him or call him or stalk the social media, just sitting. So no drunk texting. Yes. I'm literally advertising discomfort. I'm like, Hey, I just want you to feel really uncomfortable for some time. Yeah. But it's like learning how to feel that discomfort and not reacting to it. And it's like a beautiful tool to have because I used to be the person that reacted to all of my emotions. I thought something had to be done when I felt uncomfortable and like learning how to do this is going to change the rest of your life. Even if it's based around your breakup now, you've probably reacted like a crazy person to your emotions before. If you're anything like me, Mm -hmm. I can be a psycho sometimes when I have a really strong emotion and like learning how to allow that through without freaking out is like one of the best skills you could do for yourself. So that's why I'm like, sure, you don't have to go no contact. You don't have to block them. But when you, when it is an urge and you notice that it's an urge, like let's learn to allow it and let's practice that. Yeah, I love that. And your answer is so perfect, you know, to, to the question of, um, I'm totally going blank. What did I just ask you? <laughs> you asked me about um, like, should we stay in contact? Should we like still talk to one another? Do oh. we need to block everyone? Right. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And your answer was so perfect in the way of, you know, like, you know, if you're doing it, you know, for the wrong intention, like I would do that all the time where, oh my God, I would, <laughs> I would text my ex and be like, um, do you still have my math book from three years ago? I'm like, I need that. And he's like, okay, like, can you come get Mine it? Mine was the waffle iron. I would be the like, waffle. do you still have our waffle iron? <laughs> I need my waffle iron. But he'd be like, okay, can you like come get it in a couple days? I'm like, oh, I need it right now. Like I need my math book from like sophomore year right now. I'm on my way to come get it. Like, Okay, bitch, like, you know that you're just doing that because you're acting on an urge rather than, you know, me saying like, hey, I actually like left something that I really need or, hey, like, I thought you would like this. I'm going to send this to you, like, simply out of just the the interaction of love, not like, oh, come back to me, like, come back into my web. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that, that was the most perfect answer of girls, you know, you know, if you are texting your ex and it is stunting your growth, you know, if you're texting your ex because you are co-parenting or you're trying to solve like a situation, like then, you know, you know, mm-hmm. so. and it's really, and too, like with that, that skill of like knowing that is also building your intuition, which is so important. It's also building that listening to your inner voice and listening to yourself and trusting yourself that is building that skill all at the same time, which I just wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Intuition. One of my intentions for 2021 is just like get closer to my intuition and just listening to not what other people tell me to do. Like I still take advice or I still listen to podcasts and read different content and stuff like that. But it's, it's more of like, Ooh, how do I feel about this? Not, 
okay, Dorothy said this. So I'm going to do this right now just because she said it. Oh, she said something and that aligns with me. How does that feel in my body? Ooh, that feels good. I'm going to do that because really, and, and I tell my girls this all the time too on the podcast. I'm like, don't just do something because I, I said to do it, or don't just do, do something or think that the world is a certain way because somebody that you look up to said it, hear it, see if it aligns with you. And then if it does adopt it, if it doesn't leave it, then that's not, that's not for you. Right. And that's just like, does it serve you or not? And it's like, does that story serve you even right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you need to listen to what feels good to you, not what somebody else tells you should feel good to you. Yes. Um, I love that so much. There's so many good bits in this. Where was my next question? I wrote down so many questions. So I'm like scrolling through them to make sure that I get all of them. Um, do, do, do. Okay. Okay. Here's a good one. How do you break up with someone? And is there a good way to break up with someone? And how do you know oh if God. you need to break up with someone? Again, five questions, but hit <laughs> it. Go at it. I love it. This is so good. Okay. So I'm like, where do I want to start with this one? So when do you know if you need to break up with someone? Again, this I know this is a simple answer, but it's a truthful answer is like, you know, (laughs) you know, you know, when you don't want to be in a relationship. And I also want to urge you, as I say that you don't have to react to that. You don't have to act hastingly to that. That can be something that you spend your time with, like spend your time really assessing, do I want this or not? You don't have to be like, oh my gosh, I don't want this. I need to get out. If you find yourself panicking and feeling like rushed or forced to leave a relationship, don't leave it. I don't want, like, I don't want people making decisions from that place. I want you making that decision from a calm, certain and secure place. And to do that, it might, it might take you spending, um, your energy and effort in different, uh, what's the word experiences with that person to be really concrete and really certain for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just don't, I think a lot of times we're like, oh my God, I just need to break up with him. I need to leave. Even like with cheating, like immediately people are like, oh, I have to leave. I have to leave. I'm supposed to leave. And I'm like, but spend your time experiencing the feelings and like allowing yourself to like really self-center and again, turn inwards and ask your inner voice, like your inner voice, your intuition is going to know the answer. And typically the answer is like, it doesn't matter. You can be here. You don't have to be here. It's totally up to you. And your inner voice is going to know when to leave and like when you're supposed to go. Um, So there's that. And then the second thing with that is like, is there a good breakup? And I think the answer to that is there's a good breakup for you Mm -hmm. because the only thing you can control is yourself. You could try to break up with someone in the most, in the way that you think is going to be the best, most comfortable way to break up with them. But again, they're going to feel the way that they need to feel based off of their thoughts. And it's not going to matter what the circumstance is or how the breakup goes, it's their thoughts are going to create their experience. So it's like, 
<laughs> it's funny because when I went through my most recent breakup, I was the one leaving and I spent a lot of time being like, how can I craft this into, this sounds silly saying it out loud. It's like, how can I craft this into the most comfortable breakup? How can I craft this into something that's like not jarring? That's like, we gradually move into it. I read conscious uncoupling. I was like, maybe we go through this experience. And I was like, how can I make this the most comfortable experience for both of us? Mm-hmm. And no matter what way I did it, it was like, not, it was bumpy. And it wasn't necessarily I would say it's like, it was like lightly bumpy for me, but very bumpy for the other person. But again, only because of the way he was thinking about it, yeah, the way that I control that. that. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so when it comes to, if you're the person breaking up with someone, I think it's really important that you just, you're certain and secure about who you are and what you want to create in your life. And when it comes from a very loving, compassionate, caring way, that's like all you can do. That's the best you can do. And you have to recognize that whatever the reaction is has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. Mm -hmm. And you are not required to react to their reaction. Mm. You You can still have a peaceful and calm experience regardless of what experience they're having. Oh, that's so important to note. You're not responsible for their feelings. And if someone's going to be broken by it, they're going to be broken, whether you do it in this way or you do it in that way because it's their thoughts that create their feelings. You are not creating their feelings. And this is for anything too, like not even speaking on breakups. Like you are not responsible for anybody else's feelings. You did not make that person mad. You did something and their thoughts about how they perceived it made them mad. You know? Yes. Of course, if you do something really shitty, it's like, okay, you you know. Yeah, you can always- Right. And you can always take responsibility and be like, yeah, I wish I would have done that differently. But then you like holding on to the guilt. I feel like guilt is a, an emotion that's good for short term because you can be like, oh, I see now that I want to do something differently, but holding on to guilt isn't going to serve you because when you feel guilty, you just show up from a guilty place and you're going to hold on to it moving forward. Um, but yeah. I like what you said. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. I have one more of my crazy loaded (laughs) questions. I know I'm ready. I'm the worst interviewer. I ask like eight questions in one. Sometimes (laughs) they don't even make sense. And like, I love when my clients will like, look at me and they're like, Maddie, like, what are you even asking me? I'm like, I don't know. Just (laughs) try and answer it. It made sense in my head. But, uh, (laughs) Uh, trying to wrap things up. I have one more loaded question. And then I want to ask you a couple other little questions to wrap, wrap things up. But so, okay. Okay. You just released a podcast episode about how your brave hearts got back with their exes. Yes. And I love that episode. I'm, I'm about to say something and it's, it's, I love the episode but it scares me a little bit. It makes me a little bit nervous because I feel like it gives people this false hope that maybe shouldn't be having hope. Like, okay. When I did my manifestation course, one of the main questions I got, and I'm telling you guys, my DMS were blowing up with this question were, how do I manifest my ex back? How do I manifest my ex back? How do I manifest my ex back? And it was coming from, and they were like, how do I speed it up though? How do I, how do I speed it up? And it was coming from lack. It was coming from desperation and neediness and, you know, reading something like that, it like, um, 
yeah, it, it scares me. How do we still have hope that we could get back with our ex without having too much hope that we're like staying stuck on it? Uh, okay. And I'm going to stop there. Answer that first. And then I have, okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay. So when it comes to getting back together with your ex, it's not about getting back together with your ex. Just like how getting over your ex is not just about getting over your ex. It's about becoming the person who is good on her own. Any, any human, any client, at least I shouldn't say any human, any client that I have ever worked with that got back together with her ex, mm-hmm. it came from the place where she was fully standing in her power. Mm-hmm. She had gotten to the point where she was over her ex so much so that she was good on her own. She was like, I literally good on my own. So excited for this life doing her thing. And again, that goes back to like, Oh my gosh, that's so attractive, right? Yeah. Living in your power, living in your pure essence of who you are, all the confidence, all of that. And it's coming from this place of, Oh, M G I feel so good about myself. And I'm finally like back to being myself. And that that step three of just like, independent future. Yes. So getting over, so getting the ex back still requires you to get over your ex. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so when I talk to my clients about like, if they came to me and they're like, I want to get my ex back. I'm like, well, you have to be willing to let go of your ex to be able to get your ex back. Mm -hmm. That's, that's going to have to, that's a requirement. Um, and then secondly, that doesn't mean you can't believe that it's an option. Mm-hmm. But it just depends on how you feel. So if your if your reality is I don't I'm not talking with my ex I'm not with my ex, but you believe mm-hmm. I am gonna get my ex back. How does that feel to you? And each person's gonna be different. Some people that feels empowering. So even when you think back to like when you were talking about like you were working out mm-hmm. um, and trying to like get fit so that he would think you're hot and he would come back. My experience of that is I felt powerful. Like, yes, I was doing it for the, the quote unquote wrong reason, but I felt powerful. I felt empowered. I felt in control. Mm-hmm. And so that emotion served me. That story served me for the time being. Now, a year and a half later when I was still doing it and it was coming from this place of like, I want to get him back. It was like coming from a different place of like defeated, helplessness, powerlessness, anger, frustration. That's when that belief or that thought or that idea of I want to get back together with my ex did not serve me. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Makes total sense. It's almost like like you can you can use that for a while to start gaining your power back and feel in control, but you can't just try and get over your ex for the sake of getting them getting, back. It's right. It's so much bigger. You have, it's about, again, about building the life that you want to build mm-hmm. as you build the life that you want to build that significant other isn't going to be like the main premise of your life. Like, let's say I, and I do have a clients who are like, but I want to build a family and I want my family to be my purpose or like, yeah. That's, and, and I'm like, yes, that is totally available, but we're going to get you to the place where like, you can have that. You want that you're going to create that, but it's not going to matter who the person is that comes into your life to create that with you. It doesn't have to be that one individual when you get to that place. And and again, this is very, um, 
what's the word it's like, it reminds me of manifestation in that you're committed to your outcome, but you're not attached to it. Yeah. I've been thinking about what you just said this whole time. I'm like, it's, it's this manifestation balance where it's like, you can desire it, but you have to also be completely fine without it. And if you never get it, you're completely fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's such a hard, but fun balance to play with. I think the energetics of, I desire this. I know I'm going to have it. There's no doubt in my mind. And then that one like sliver that's like, but also I don't fucking need that at all. Yes. It's mm-hmm. such a fun fun, but difficult energetic to, to balance. Mm -hmm. And that's why, well, and that's why I, I love, I don't, I don't know how to like word this yet, but I love when people come in and into my program and they're like wanting to do that, but they really have to release it. And in the first four weeks of working with me, you have to feel the feelings. Mm -hmm. And as you process through those emotions, you have to release it. It's like, required. You just like, there's no way that you're going to get through the first four weeks without releasing the attachment. And then after you've released the attachment, you're allowed to then create the closure. And when you create the closure, you're rewriting the story so much so that you're like, oh, damn, Mm -hmm. I can create this without him. What? Like this is for me without him. And I'm actually like, it was actually a gift that he gave me by leaving for me to even be able to see that. Yeah. True gift. A true mm-hmm. gift. It's such a good perspective shift. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for that. Uh, and my second part of that question is, so if somebody hurts you and you break up and you do your thing and you are creating your future, loving your life, focusing on that, and then they come back into your life, uh, noted this person hurt you. How do you know if, if they have changed um, enough for you to get back with them. Like, how do you know that they've actually changed that they're not going to hurt you again and that they're working on their own life truly with the intention of also just working on their own life, not, you know, almost trying to manipulate you to get back with them. How do you know that they've really changed? So the first thing is they've never hurt you, right? So if thoughts create feelings, no one can ever hurt you without your permission, right? Mm -hmm. No one can actually, um, And I mean, I'm talking about verbally, right? So like if someone's physically abusive and they're hurting you in that way, that's like separate. I'm talking about no one can like do something unless they're actually physically like punching you in the face that is hurting you. Uh, It's your interpretation of that. So you would definitely want to clean that up. Mm -hmm. If you haven't cleaned that up, I would not recommend getting back into a relationship with that person Um, because otherwise you're just going to hold so much resentment still about what that person did in the past. And you're going to want to talk about it and all the things. Um, And then secondly, you're never going to know. And if you're fully healed, you have to have the trust in yourself, right? You have to believe that it's all happening for you. So if you get into the relationship and you try it out, it's going to happen for you. If you don't, it's going to happen for you. Mm -hmm. So just recognizing like, oh my gosh, I'll never really know because there's no way to like tell that. And we can't control the other humans. If we did, I would have just spent the entire time talking to you about how we control the humans. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but we can't. And then we would just never really know. You have to like go into it believing that it's going to work out exactly the way it needs to for you to grow and develop into yourself even further, regardless of what happens in the relationship. Yeah. 
one, one episode I actually did, um, like about relationships was embodying the belief of like, what's meant to be mine will always be mine. And I think, I think my biggest takeaway from this episode is that like that two layers of trust and establishing that. And like that belief is coming up again into my mind of like, what's meant to be mine will always be mine. I trust in the universe. I trust myself. If this relationship is supposed to be mine, it will be mine. And if not, it will not. Can you trust them? Like you can put trust in them, but you're never going to know if they change. And it just feels better to trust. Like, think about that. Like it just feels good to trust the, and trusting is never going to hurt you. Like you're going to trust someone. And if they do something to break that trust, you still have your own back. There's no downside to trusting throughout the entire process until you know something different. And that doesn't mean just blindly. Like I don't trust people who have clearly like betrayed me. I would never do that. But at the same time, I'm not going to let them breaking the trust with me influence my peace of mind. Because they can only hurt you if you let them hurt you through your thoughts about it. Correct. Fucking genius. Oh my God. Okay. I so, so good. I'm going to try and wrap things up. Cause I know I like warned Dorothy before. I'm like, I always go <laughs> over an hour. Some people cut it off on an hour, but I'm just like, give me more. Um, I'm scrolling through my questions. I think I got most of the really important questions that I, I wanted to ask. I think I got them all. Um, hope I didn't miss any. And so to kind of wrap things up, uh, one question I love to ask my guests is what would you say to yourself if you at your lowest point in your deepest, darkest moment on like your deepest, darkest day of your breakup, if she was listening to the breaking butterfly podcast right now, what would you say? This makes me cry. Like I, like, as you're asking that question, I could just like ball because I get so emotional talking about that version of me, because I feel like that's the version of me that I'm talking to every day on my podcast. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is just, I would say that it's just the beginning. It's just getting started. It feels like everything just ended, but really it just started. Like it's just beginning. Yeah. We are on the up and up and it's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. I love that. One door closes, a million doors open. So, so good. Uh, I always get emotional too when I even just ask that question because it brings up so many emotions, right? Um, And then one thing I always love to do on my episodes is I love to give my listeners like a little baby step just to improve themselves right here, right now, today, like the tiniest little improvement, um, whatever you feel inspired to share so that we can uh, we haven't even talked about how you call your, your listeners, your audience, your clients, brave hearts. It's the cutest thing ever, but how do we become more of a brave heart? What we, what can we do today, whether we're going through a breakup or not going through a breakup to become more of, of a brave heart? Yeah. Um, one thing that I love talking about, and it kind of intertwines with confidence, which is what you're all about. So I feel like it would be a good step for your listeners, um, is the dare of the day. I didn't learn this. I didn't create this. So I can't take credit for this. This is a Brooke Castillo tactic, but it's something that I teach my clients and I'm obsessed with. Mm -hmm. Um, but literally 
one baby step you could take today is giving yourself a dare of the day, doing something that terrifies the fuck out of you, like something. And it can be something super little. It can be something really big, but like, it could be like asking for a discount somewhere or asking for your meal for free for no reason, or asking for a free coffee as you walk up to the Starbucks line, like whatever it might be, do something that makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And even when you're afraid, do it anyways. And just like, see how you feel afterwards. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. I love that. She calls it dare of the day. That's it's really, so really good. cute. Right. It's my and fave. Just, I think another big lesson out of this, right. I was talking about like the two levels of trust and the other big lesson that I was learning is just like, which I, I already know and preach this a lot, but it's always a good reminder of just like feeling uncomfortable and being comfortable, feeling uncomfortable is like the best thing you can do for yourself. Seriously. It's like the best thing you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my last question, I would absolutely love for you to take a couple minutes, couple minutes and share about you and your podcast, where you hang out, you know, websites, uh, is it mostly Instagram? Where can people find you also share about your programs? Like we were saying, she just, uh, opened the doors to her program today, uh, January 8th. So when you are listening to this doors are open, share about it, share how we can get in, work with you, just everything. Shameless, yes. shameless self-promo, please. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at breakup coach Dorothy. I love hanging out there. love chit-chatting with all of you there. Um, I have a podcast called how to get over your ex. You can find it on Spotify or iTunes. Mm-hmm. It's a super fabulous podcast. I'm obsessed. It's literally like you guys, I built it for past me, 26 year old version of me who was like yes. dying. <laughs> Felt like her world ended Googling all the things you can stop Googling and simply look up that podcast and I will give you all the answers to your breakup. Um, And then when it comes to working with me, I have a program called get over your ex in three months or less. And that is my signature program. And obviously it follows the steps that we kind of outlined today where we're literally learning how to feel the feelings, creating closure and focusing on your future so that you stop obsessing, you stop texting, you stop reaching out, stalking, all of that. And you are back to living your most beautiful, amazing, badass self. And we do it all in three months or less, which I'm like obsessed with. And so like Maddie said, that's open. It closes January 15th, which is Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can um, find the registration link for that on my website at www.dorothyabjohnson.com forward slash get over your ex. Okay, perfect. I will put that in the show notes so it can be easily accessible for everyone. And I'm like putting myself in the body of like me and my worst breakup. And as you're saying all of those things, I'm like, oh my God, wait, this is too good to be true. Too good to be true. But it's not, it's not, this is a real thing. You guys, you can get over your ex in three months or less. Like, where were you four years, five, six years ago for me? Like, where were you? I know. Right. It's wild. I literally, it's so funny you say that too, because my mind was blown this week. I did a five day training. Um, every quarter I like to do like a free five-day training and I call it like get over your ex training or a breakup boot camp or something along the lines of that. And I redid the content for it this time mm-hmm. and did it a little bit differently than I've done in the past. And today was the last day. And I have like multiple individuals on there being like, Oh, I feel like I think I'm actually like over my ex. And I'm like in five days. <laughs> 
Like, like people do that shit in four weeks, but I'm like, <sighs> it's that good that we're doing it in five days. Like I'm telling you, this work is so powerful, so impactful. Yeah. And the sooner you clean up getting over your ex, the sooner you get to actually live the life that you genuinely want to live. Oh, I, uh, I can't with you, girl. Fucking genius. <laughs> Fucking amazing. The work that you do is so amazing. I'm like blown away by it. Seriously blown away. And, um, yeah. I'll get sappy for just two more seconds. So, so grateful to have had you on the podcast. Seriously, it's been such an honor. And I know that my girls are saying thank you as well for being here and showing up and sharing and being vulnerable and just being amazing. I could not thank you enough. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the Breaking Butterfly podcast. Thanks, girl. I appreciate you. Totally inspired by you. Love Mm -hmm. you times a million. Thanks for having me on. That's a wrap. All right, girls, I am back. It is just me all by myself, and I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I uh, finished the interview. I'm recording this, obviously, afterwards or after after our interview. Um, So we finished like a couple hours ago, and I'm like still on a high and still thinking about all of the wisdom that Dorothy shared with us. So I really, really hope you enjoyed this. And if you're going through a breakup, you go back to this again and again and really, you know, take what Dorothy said and, and shared with us and really implement it into your life so that you can get over your ex. And again, all of her information will be in the show notes, uh, her website where you can sign up for her three-month program, her podcast, her Instagram, so you guys can get super connected with her. And uh, if you guys loved this episode and you feel so inspired, I would love for you to share it with someone, share it with a sibling, a friend, a cousin, a coworker, anyone that is having some relationship issues uh and if you got anything good out of this episode I would love for you to also share it to your Instagram story and just make sure you tag Dorothy as well as tagging me show her some love and show her some support and share with her your favorite parts of the episode and I would love to hear them as well um and with that being said that is a wrap for this episode I love you guys so so much I hope you have the most beautiful week and I will catch you in my next episode Bye.